When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all the great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM80, ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, and welcome to CC's Worst Nightmare. Five walk-off game-winning field goals in the NFL yesterday. Do you have to acknowledge that kickers are people? No, why? Okay, no, okay, just making sure. Why? Just why making do I have sure. to acknowledge no, that I, kickers are people? You don't. I asked if I you won't. had. Okay, good. I won't. I'm okay. not going to be peer pressured to do it. So. <laughs> why do you want to start? Hold on. Why do you want to start the week like this? That was a big Let's team not. yesterday. No, I get it. I get, I get it. The most games in NFL history decided by a field goal with time experience. I get it. I understand. <laughs> but why do you want to acknowledge it with my kickers are not football players take? Because you have the kickers and not football players take. And all I could think about yesterday was the fact. Is there any other take those balls? They yesterday, yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> they yesterday. All I could think about is that, wow, CeCe's going to have to deal with the fact that we had more of that, the walk-off game-winning field goal yesterday than literally ever before in the history of the sport. Five of them walk-off wins yesterday, including for the Cleveland Browns, who I guess you want to say, yeah, we have to upset the Baltimore Ravens 33-31. And now do we have to ask the question, did Deshaun Watson officially become a Brown yesterday? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say he officially became a Brown. That happened when they gave him a $230 million contract fully guaranteed. But I think that was the moment where you realized that the Browns traded for Deshaun to win those types of football games and to make plays in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter, being at his best when his best was required. In the fourth quarter, Deshaun was a perfect 7-for-7 passing, and he had a passing touchdown and 158.3 passer rating, which is absolutely perfect, not to mention that he used his legs to convert for a couple of first downs, namely the one on the game-winning drive, which was really impressive. The fact that he was able to be such a playmaker down the stretch – is what gave that team, gave that offense confidence. And that's the only thing that the Browns were missing. We talked about all the other elements that they had. Do you have a defense? Check. Do you have guys that can be difference makers in your skill position core? Check. Do you have a solid offensive line? Check. Do you trust your head coach in terms of X's and O's play design? Check. The only question was, do we have a quarterback that can make plays in tight ball games and will us to a win? And yesterday... That was an emphatic yes for the Cleveland Browns. That was a signature win. That was a signature moment for him. But maybe I am being short-sighted here, but I'm still not convinced because he did not play good the first half. He, he no. stepped up when it mattered. But to me, one half of football isn't going to be enough for me to convince, be convinced that Deshaun Watson is the guy that they gave the contract to. I'm going to need to see it a little bit more consistently. But the second half of that game yesterday is a good start. 14 of 14 in that second half, 150 and a touchdown. And he was perfect, obviously, in that mm-hmm. moment. I know, CC. Uh, even though there were all the passes, I know it was a run that stood out to you maybe more than any of the other passes or 
equal to. The passes with that first down scramble that he had late in that game for Watson, that he was doing other, finding ways, right? That's what you want your franchise quarterback to do. We're going to get into C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud found a way yesterday, which was just amazing. We've seen guys like Mahomes and Rodgers and Brady find ways forever. Watson found a way yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the team trailed for 50, over 59 minutes in that game and found a way to come away with a win. I mean, that was the first time we've seen a team trail by double digits and trail for so long in a game and win a football game since 2000. That's a long time. But that just goes to show you the level of confidence that this team plays with when Deshaun Watson is at the helm. And say what you want about Deshaun, this team is 5-1 and one in the six starts that he's had. And so I think there's an element of confidence that he instills in the rest of that team because of his ability to do what we saw at the end of the Ravens game yesterday. The fact that you have a quarterback that's capable of that, it, it gives you a little more bounce, especially as a guy on the defensive side of the ball. When you've gone out there with the likes of DTR and Phillip Walker or P.J. Walker, whoever you want to call it, like th- this team had no margin for error. And yesterday you saw a little bit of margin for error because even though they got down by double digits early in that game and could have went in the tank, Deshaun found a way to make plays. That defense found a way to make plays, and, and ultimately they were able to get a win. The Cleveland Browns never win in Baltimore, by the way. Like, as a person that was in that rivalry for in the mid-2010s, like, the Cleveland Browns never come to Baltimore <laughs> and get a win. So the fact that they were able to be down as much as they were, as early in the game as they were, and they, they, had, they were down double digits at various points in the game. They were down 31-17 in the second half. The fact that they were down like that on the road and came back to win that game, it speaks volumes about the sports character of this team, and it also speaks volumes about their belief that with Deshaun Watson under center, they can compete and beat anybody. And I wonder about his belief in himself because at times this season, at least when I was watching him, he he looked rattled. He he never really found that stride. And part of me always wondered if the stuff that happened off the field and the pressure that was on him because of the contract and because of all of the stuff off the field might be too much mentally for somebody to overcome. But after you have a performance like he did in the second half yesterday, after he battles through and wills his team to win, I wonder what that does for the confidence of somebody like Well, yeah, I mean, and he had an ankle injury. He was wearing a boot in the post-game presser there. And they were down, as CC mentioned, 31-17, 24-9, 14-0. There were countless different moments during this game where they were down. Now, when we look at them in the AFC, we know Kansas City is a Super Bowl contender. I still think we're going to put Baltimore as a Super Bowl contender despite the loss yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Baltimore is a Super Bowl contender, but when y'all going to let me know when it's okay to start worrying about these Lamar Jackson turnovers? When is it okay to start worrying about the Lamar Jackson turnovers? It's because fun. it's starting to become a thing now. <laughs> like, I, I'm just asking, Small. Since 2019, the guy got 12 fourth-quarter turnovers. That's the most in football. This year, he's got more turnovers than he has passing touchdowns. He's got 11 turnovers, five picks, six lost fumbles, to 10 passing touchdowns. When is it okay to worry about the Lamar Jackson turnovers? Because if the quarterback keeps turning the ball over like that, it's going to be hard for you to win a chip. And yesterday it happened again, a pick six in the fourth quarter. Now I get it, people say, the ball was tipped. It's not his fault. Well, guess what? It's on the stat sheet as an interception. And it's another one. It's an uncomfortable fact pattern for Lamar Jackson when it comes to turnovers at the most inopportune time. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that Lamar Jackson can't play because the guy, he's playing at a really high level despite all of the giveaways. But if you want to win a championship, the margin for error is so thin in the AFC North, in the AFC as a whole, your quarterback turning the ball over the way Lamar has shown this season, 
could be the difference and why your team can't get to the championship rounds. So I, I love Baltimore. I love their defense. You saw their skill position players make plays. I mean, this Keaton Mitchell kid comes out of nowhere. Odell Beckham Jr., house is a slant. He looks like the guy that used to play for the Giants. You've got all of the elements if you're Baltimore. The question is, can you avoid the self-inflicting wounds in order to get to the championship rounds and try to win a title? That That's the biggest question that I have. No arguments. And it, it takes me to, like, as I'm going through Super Bowl contenders in the AFC to find out if Cleveland's in there, your when is it time to start worrying about theme takes me to to Trevor Lawrence. When is it time to start worrying about that he doesn't throw touchdowns, which yeah. is an odd thing, and they still win games. Anyway, Kansas City. Should we, should we worry about the Cincinnati Bengals since well, we on that? Right. If we're going to do like, this. Like, like, should we worry about it? I mean, Joe Burrow had a late interception, and yeah, there was. No, a, he had a couple late interceptions. Yeah. And a boy drop, obviously, in the yeah, end zone, yeah, but boy, yeah. helped get him there. But are we ready to put Cleveland with Kansas City, Baltimore? If you want to put Jacksonville in the mix, which I understand after yesterday getting their butts kicked against the Niners, which, to be fair, we all saw coming. Circumstances matter. Three in a row, five, three in a row losses for for San Francisco. Five in a row in terms of the wins for Jacksonville. It just kind of, we knew that was going to happen. San Francisco yesterday. with some time off. Yeah. Know. So, are we ready to put Cleveland as a Super Bowl contender out of the AFC? Absolutely. If Deshaun Watson can play the rest of the season like he played in the second half, why wouldn't you put Cleveland in that conversation? We kept saying the defense was good enough to win them a championship that they were a quarterback away. Well, in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, they did not look like they were a quarterback away. Okay, so they're in because you also said about that first half, right? That first half, that if you see more of that, then they're not a Super Bowl contender, Small, obviously. Smalls, I hate it here. I hate it here. I understand. To, to have to, to have As to a admit, Raven pra- praising the Giants. No, but I mean, it's, not, the, the it's, Browns, it's, not even, it's not even the Raven part of it. Just calling the Cleveland Browns a Super Bowl contender because I don't trust them. Oh, I don't trust them either. They, they might have the, the widest variance of any team in the AFC. Absolutely. Like, I could see Cleveland missing the playoffs – I could see Cleveland hosting a divisional round game with a chance to go to the AFC title game. Well, that's why they are then. That, that, that's that, why they that, are. That is so wild to me. But that's why they are. Because if you think about it, what you just said is if they go on the road to Kansas City, you're not going to pick them to win. But of all the other teams in the AFC, they may actually have the best chance of doing that if things click. If everything clicks for the Dolphins— I don't know that they could beat the Chiefs on the road. Yeah. If everything clicks for the Jaguars, not sure that they could beat the Chiefs on the road. What you just said is that you're not anticipating clicking, but if it does, they may have the best shot of doing it. Yeah, and I guess my whole point is if they win that division, they might not have to go on the road in the divisional round. Like That, that could be the situation. They could have the second-best record in the conference. That's not off the board because that's how good the defense is. They blocked another kick yesterday. That was a chance for points for the Baltimore Ravens at the end of the first half. You had Miles Garrett being a game record. He's going to win Defensive Player of the Year going away. I mean, you had to pick six when you needed it the most. The red zone defense for the Cleveland Browns after that muff punt by James Prochet, that was outstanding. You talk about sudden change defense. It's hard to get to get up as a defense after your offense or your special teams has such a deflating play. But this Cleveland Browns defense always responds. And if you keep the game relatively close, based on what we saw yesterday, why shouldn't we believe that Deshaun Watson can make a way at the end of the game? That was as close to Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans as we've seen in a Cleveland Browns uniform. Oh. That that that's what you pay for. Like I, I get how ugly the first half is. But the second, the second half in the fourth quarter, in particular, especially at the end, that that's what you pay two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed for. Like Deshaun Watson can look eye to eye with the best quarterbacks in the AFC when he's at his best, and having that kind of potential is 
why you can't dismiss the Cleveland Browns having something to say about who comes out of the AFC and goes to the Super Bowl. Are we adding the Browns to that Super Bowl contender list in the AFC? We have Kansas City on it. I hate it Definitively. We have Baltimore on it. Jacksonville, tough day yesterday to put them on it. But are the Browns on that Super Bowl contender list out of the AFC? You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. We'll get your phone calls in on that. Plus, coming up. Is there a chance a rookie is now the favorite for the MVP in the NFL? But first, CC has this from Granger. Ah, uh, yes, for the ones who get it done. If I can find the read so I can get it done. Well, Granger, get, you know what? I'm sorry, that's on me. Oh, uh, no, so CC, uh, there, there we go. We there we go. go. There we go. Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Candy, Evan Cohen with you. CC gives us some items upon further review from the week that was in the NFL. Oh, yes. Week 10 is almost, almost done. We got Broncos bills tonight to finish mm-hmm. it off, but... When we look back on yesterday's festivities in the National Football League, some interesting takes, Smalls. Let's Ready. get things kicked off in Pittsburgh with the Steelers. Nice win over the Green Bay Packers. But we're starting to sense a theme with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers on offense, not very good at football. That is confirmed. But Mike Tomlin, very good at coaching football. <laughs> and this is the first team in NFL history to be outgained in their first nine games and still have a winning record. Guys, they're, they're second in the AFC North right now. And they've already got a head-to-head win against the division leader, that is the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know how Mike Tomlin is getting this done, smoke and mirrors, whatever. Kenny Pickett is terrible, even though he did have a nice toss yesterday. But he's still awful on the whole. And yet this team finds ways to win games. It's Jalen Warren. It's Najee Harris. It's that, that running game. And then you have... The defense being as dominant as they were, they were a couple of key takeaways, key interceptions at the end. Uh, Demonte Casey in the end zone, and then he had another one to seal the game. But this is a defense that's opportunistic. They're going to allow some yards. It's more bend but don't break. And then they've got guys that can make plays at the end of the game, pressure players, Alex Highsmith, TJ, uh, TJ Watt. And then you're talking about the guys on the back end coming up with some plays. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, another win – that they put together with chewing gum and duct tape, but they keep stacking them smalls. And, and it's impressive the fact that they've been able to have this much success despite their offense being as bad as it is. 
I look at this team and I think about the fact that Mike Tomlin does this every single year, does this to this level every single year, and we just spent, rightfully so, 10 minutes talking about whether or not the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. The Steelers are ahead of them in the, in the standings. It's wild. We would, we honestly, but, but, we can't have that conversation about the Steelers, and they're ahead of the Browns. The, Steel, the Steelers are bad at offense. Like there's levels to this. I know the Steelers are bad at offense. Is this one of Mike Tomlin's best coaching jobs? Yes. Ever? Uh, no. Yes. No. I know no. he's won a yes. Super Bowl, no. but this drives me crazy. Kenny you're talking, you're has... talking about the eight, eight and one season. With, no, uh... no. This drives me crazy when we do this. I'm glad you walked me into this. Small I'm, without I'm glad knowing. I did too. Okay, so let me just uh, give me a second. We do this with coaches when you outperform expectations to get to a record that's not necessarily as good as records you've had previously. You know what was Mike Tomlin's best coaching job? When they won the Super Bowl. We saw it last year in the NBA. People say, oh, is this Eric Spolster's best coaching job with the Heat? No, they won two championships. That was his best coaching job. He may outperform, Tomlin may outperform expectations more this year than ever before, but it's not his best coaching job. I don't think it's – I mean, listen, it's impressive to win a Super Bowl. I'm not going to take credit away from that. But doing it with a Hall of Fame quarterback and the best defense in the entire sport and maybe the best defensive player in the entire sport yeah. and James Harrison, I, I don't know that that qualifies as the most impressive job. Like, seeing winning a football game with your quarterback throwing for 126 yards in today's NFL – that's damn impressive. Yeah. That's damn impressive. So I'm just I'm just gonna leave that right there. I'm just we gotta keep it moving. Okay, let's go. We'll come back to it's that. It's a lot okay. easier to win with All right. talent. We'll just yeah, well, uh, this is something that Evan will be hot okay, on. Let's, let's talk go. about this. Bill Belichick. Oh. How about that? Ooh. Bill Belichick. He's <laughs> gone after this year. Okay. Belichick is gone. We got word this weekend that the contract extension that he signed this offseason, it only takes him through twenty twenty four. Which means that if Robert Kraft, for whatever reason, and the reason would be losing a lot of football games, decided to move on from Bill Belichick. The contract is not prohibitive in such a move where we could see a coaching change in Foxborough going into 2024. That team is bad. Their quarterback has regressed. Mac Jones, I mean, can it get much worse than what he showed yesterday? He's the worst quarterback I mean, in the I NFL. I mean, it, it's about as bad as it gets. I mean, you're talking about him throwing a late red zone pick last night. You're talking about this team being 0 for 4 in the red zone on the, on the day. And when you have that many trips into the scoring area and you only total six points on the game, that is an absolute embarrassment and it's an indictment not only on the players but on the coach and Bill Belichick. You don't get credit for your defense being able to hold opposing teams down if you continue to stack losses, and that's where the Patriots are. And so I get that Mac Jones is going to get all the slings and arrows, but Bill Belichick deserves them too. Yeah, they, they keep regressing week after week. Is this rock bottom, though? This was really bad. How many rock no, bottoms it, it's going to get worse. You think it's going to get, gonna get worse? worse? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. This, this is going to get worse. From, this is going to stink. That's that's some. This is going to stink. That is the depths of the ocean. And <laughs> yeah. We are going as far as we bad. need to go. This is bad. Like I mean, it might as well be the depths of the ocean for Bill Belichick to close the gap from 300 wins to where Don Shula's at at 328. At this place, he ain't go. He had to be 120 to get there. You're right. That, 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 so far. It's away. so far away. You're right. It, it ain't gonna happen. Not not with this program. Not anytime soon. What's that smirk you have? In one hour, we have more of this, so I'll let Cece get to the next <laughs> okay, one yeah. because we'll see if it's positive for Smalls. Okay, all right. Here's, here's, <laughs> Smalls likes positive. I'm here, gonna here's the last that. big takeaway that I had from Week 10. Okay. C.J. Stroud's oh. legit MVP candidate. Ev, you, you, were, you, were, you were ahead of the curve. You said this a week ago. I didn't want to acknowledge it then. I'm acknowledging it now. 
And here's the thing. The numbers are great. The numbers are what they are. I mean, he's the second-fastest quarterback to 2,500 yards passing, 15 pass touchdowns in his career. Uh, I mean, he was outstanding throwing a deep ball yesterday. He was 9-14 and 225 yards on throws of 15 air yards or more against the Bengals defense, led by defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. But the most impressive part was the game-winning drive. And this is the second week in a row that we've seen this. This guy puts together a game-winning drive inside of two minutes, marches his team down the field. I mean, they, they, they position themselves for a chip shot field goal. The kicker doesn't blow the layup. And you're talking about them walking out of Cincinnati, getting a win. Everybody said the Bengals were the scariest team in the NFL. I said it. Well, C.J. Stroud just went in and beat the scariest team in the NFL on their home turf. This is a special cat, man. And here's the crazy thing. The late-game magic. It isn't something that should surprise us because we saw it last year in college football playoff against that Georgia defense. He positioned his team to win that game against Georgia. The field goal kicker blew the damn kick. But C.J. Stroud has been doing this. This is who he was in college at a high level. Hell, this is who he was in high school. This is who he is now in the National Football League. Like He is one of the very best quarterbacks. Right now, C.J. Stroud is a top-ten quarterback, and I don't think that's a hot take. Not at all. It's not no, a hot take. Not a, it's not it's even not close to a hot take. There, Listen, when I said a week – I think it was a week ago today, right, when we had the conversation about Stroud. Yeah. I said if they make it into the postseason, he has to be considered into uh, an MVP. Now, or candidate. And obviously you can't vote after they're in the playoffs. You have to vote immediately as the season ends. Fifteen touchdowns, two interceptions. They're currently a playoff team, and there may not be one player – that's more responsible for a turnaround this year, more responsible than this guy. Turnaround, right? Mahomes is the most responsible player for success in the league. We understand that. We understand how great he is. But who is more responsible than this guy for a team looking this different than they did a year ago? Is there anyone? The Lions were on a track already, right? That last game of the season last year for the Lions against the Packers was basically a playoff game for both teams. Neither made the playoffs, but it felt like it. I don't know that there's one guy more responsible here, Smalls. I'm going to push back a little bit on the Mahomes comment just because I think C.J. Stroud individually this season is more responsible for the success around him than Patrick Mahomes is. I think you're looking at Patrick Mahomes through the lens of the resume in general, but there's been some times this season where the offense for the Chiefs has not looked what I would consider to be the Kansas City Chiefs offense that we're used to. And Patrick Mahomes is an all-time great quarterback, and he – is, as CC likes to say, a force multiplier. He finds ways to win games. But how many times have we pointed to the Chiefs' defense as reasons why they're winning games? C.J. Stroud is the reason why the Houston Texans are winning. I don't know if there's anyone right now in the NFL that has more value for their specific team than the Texans do with Stroud. Well, then he's the MVP. Then, then flat out, like, who are you going to give it to? You, you can't vote Mahomes. You can't vote Hurts. He's your guy, then. Then he's the MVP. If you're going to say that then he is definitively the MVP right now. But the Chiefs obviously have a better record, and Patrick Mahomes is more of a name, and we know his greatness, so we tend to default to that. But who expected the Houston Texans to be in this position? Nobody. (laughs) Nobody, and they're only there because of that guy. And here's the great part about it. The Houston Texans still have a first-round pick from the (laughs) Cleveland Browns because of the Deshaun Watson trade. They're only going to get better. Yeah, and the Cardinals thought they were going to have a great pick from the Texans this year. Not so That's much. no longer a great pick, right, because yeah. of the fact the Texans played it right. The Texans said, we are going to mortgage next year for this year because we think we have a franchise quarterback and a franchise defender. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, it is certainly working out 
for the Houston Texans. Is he now the MVP? Do we look at C.J. Stroud and say he's the MVP of the NFL? 888-SAY-ESPN and the Dr. Pepper call-in line for your phone calls on that. We are going to get your calls in on that. Plus, Jim Harbaugh isn't allowed to work Saturdays. Saturdays. But first, Canty has this from O, O, O. O'Reilly, are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't compromise your visibility with streaks of smearing on your windshield. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you choose from their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. They'll even install them free of charge. That's free 99, y'all. See better, drive safer with new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Well, on Friday, Saturday, excuse me, we learned that the Big Ten, just hours before Michigan's win against Penn State, Suspended Jim Harbaugh, and they suspended Jim Harbaugh for games in the regular season. Not from the team, not from practices, not from Michigan-related activities, from games. Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Insider on College Game Day Saturday morning, uh, brought to you by the Home Depot, had this to say about Harbaugh. The headline remains Jim Harbaugh will not coach today in State College against Penn State in that top 10 showdown. And the stage is already set for the next legal battle in this endless drama. On Friday at 9 a.m. in Wachita County Circuit Court in Ann Arbor, there's a hearing set. This will be a full hearing with the Big Ten represented, Harbaugh represented, and obviously Michigan represented. And they'll get a ruling at that point of whether Harbaugh gets either a restraining order or potentially a temporary injunction so he can return to the sideline. Obviously, Michigan plays at Maryland Saturday. They would travel to that game on Friday. And we won't know until mid-morning on Friday whether or not Jim Harbaugh could return to the sideline. Important to note, Reese, this was not a three-game suspension for Harbaugh, but it was only a suspension for the remainder of the regular season. He will certainly serve one of those games today, and his fate will again return to court next week. All right, so here's where we're at with this. He's going to be in court this week. He still may technically coach this weekend. Every piece of information we were hearing 
was that the Big Ten feels like they have tons of evidence against him. Tons of evidence against him. Now, I don't know what that means, but that's how they feel. But if they had tons of evidence against him, then why didn't they suspend him earlier in the week? Why, why would you put this, this program, put those kids mm-hmm. in such a disadvantageous situation by going on the road, playing against their toughest opponent, a top 10 team in Penn State, uh, 24 hours before the game, you tell you that they can't have their head coach on the sideline. Like that, that, that to me is, I, I don't know, it feels a little bit disingenuous from the Big Ten in terms of trying to have the appropriate measured response based on the evidence and the allegations that are mounting against Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. To me, it seemed overly punitive to take him off the field under those circumstances. If you wanted it to be a situation where you suspended him to send a strong message, you could have done that Tuesday, you could have done that Wednesday. But to have this thing play out, to send this memo to Michigan and let them know, hey, we're thinking about suspending you, wait for their response back, then take this thing up to the 11th hour, you know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon, and then suspend him and and don't allow time for a TRO or an injunction from Michigan? Like, I just... I just feel like it doesn't pass the smell test in terms of the appropriate process and the appropriate, uh, I guess, decorum in terms of making sure that you protect the competitive integrity of play in your conference. To me, it was the wrong step, and I guess it doesn't matter because Michigan ended up winning the football game, but the way that they went about punishing Jim Harbaugh was all wrong. You know, everything you're saying may be right and probably is right. And I think the, if the Big Ten representatives were sitting here with us today, they would say the same thing about Michigan. That they feel like Michigan did nothing to cooperate, nothing to help. I think this is a real battle right now. I think the Big Ten is furious with Michigan. I think Michigan is furious with the Big Ten. CC is right, though, because if you think about the – I don't remember the exact time of the suspension on Saturday morning, but it happened just hours before the game. So the ones that were really penalized or whenever the suspension actually happened, we didn't know if he was going to be on – Friday, late Friday. Friday late, then, late Friday afternoon. They didn't know if they were going to get the, the temporary restraining order yeah. by Saturday. So we were yeah. sitting there kind of refreshing Twitter, watching game day built by Home Depot, and you're sitting there and you're like, I, I don't know if this guy is going to coach. But I think the Big Ten is furious with Michigan. I also think this has created – Harbaugh or made Harbaugh into an absolute rock star in Ann Arbor. I think he was always a huge figure. I think the rallying cry around Harbaugh right now, I mean, think about the hockey game they had on Saturday night. So Michigan wins. They beat Penn State. They go to the the hockey game. Here's what happened at the hockey game. game with the team free Jim Harbaugh I actually think this may create a scenario and I can't believe I'm saying this where he doesn't jump ship after this season I think Michigan is more likely in this moment to actually extend him and give him a raise than he is to leave well we'll have to see how it all plays out because this doesn't feel like it's going away anytime soon but it certainly was galvanizing for Michigan you're seeing all the players Tom Brady posting bet on social media they were fired up by this as they should be because I can't believe the Big Ten did this in the manner in which they did we were talking about it Friday morning as we're getting reports from Adam Rittenberg Heather Dinich Pete Thamel about Mm -hmm. this percolating and we kept saying the team is hours away from traveling how are they not going to have a decision made prior to this why wasn't this handled days before? It felt too rushed to me. It felt really messy in a way. And I just can't believe that this is the manner in which the Big Ten decided to put down this edict for a suspension on Jim Harbaugh. And good for those kids.
kids for being able to rally together in the face of all of this adversity that's surrounding them and the coaching staff stepping up in the wake of all of this and them being able to go into a tough environment against a ranked Penn State team and get the win. It yeah, was, shout out to Sharon Moore, the interim yes. head coach from Michigan. I mean, listen, he thanked God and then dropped F-bombs about how much he loved <laughs> Jim Harbaugh and how much he loved the players in the locker room. You saw the emotion. But you saw it was real, though. But I, I guess this this is the thing. The Big Ten has created a natural opportunity for that coaching staff in that institution to support the messaging that it is us against the world. Yeah. And, and that's something that can become a powerful rallying cry for this team. And you saw that play out on the field, right? They, they bullied the Penn State Nittany Lions. Like, that, like they ran the ball for over 200 yards, and Penn State's defense doesn't allow people to run the football at all. And so it was a physical, old-school, throwback, Big Ten kind of affair and that team played really, really, really good. It wasn't a J.J. McCarthy game. Hell, J.J. McCarthy, I think, threw the ball for 60 yards. That was it. It was all about the ground game. It was Donovan Edwards. It was Blake uh, Corum. And those guys did a fantastic job. Even J.J. McCarthy down the stretch converting some first downs with his legs. But it was complimentary football, all three phases working together, and they were able to get a great team win. Mm-hmm. But as far as how the Big Ten went about their business, I mean, this was – this was highly inappropriate. Regardless of what you make of the allegations and the evidence that they might have in hand, what they did to those kids by putting them at such a disadvantage, by taking them coach off the field hours before the game, it just wasn't right. There were ways to go about doing this, and I thought this was a gross misstep by Tony Petiti. And now, when we have future allegations, and we know that's going to come up, with other programs and wrongdoing that can affect competitive balance, it's going to be a situation where everybody that's a Michigan fan, everybody that's associated with the Michigan program is going to point the finger and say, you have to act now. Right. Evidence and investigation be damned. And that's the slippery slope that Tony Petiti has now started the conference down. And if that is not right, which right now it is, then the Big Ten needs to let us know it's not right. Like, hey, we have all this evidence, not rumors of the evidence. But if you had all the evidence, why not suspend yeah, them I, earlier I, in the week? Or, or even first thing Friday morning. That's ridiculous. Unless you, they got something new. Why, why do we, I don't know. Hey, let's, let's go ahead and send you a memo, and then we'll wait for your response, and then we'll make it a term. If you have this evidence, this overwhelming evidence that compelled you to do something, why not do that something on Wednesday or Thursday? Why do you have to do it after the team boarded the plane to fly to Happy Valley? I have no answer to it's that. It's ridiculous. That's, that's what the Big Ten did, and we, that's why we need to hear from the Big Ten at some point. I don't know that we're going to. Will Harbaugh coach another game for it's Michigan? It's a freaking joke. I, I think yes. Do you guys think he's going to coach another game for Michigan? I think absolutely yes. This, se- oh, yeah, this, this season? This yeah, they're, season? Going, they're, they're going to the playoff. And you think he's going to coach this week? You think he'll get the temporary restraining order? Well, we'll find out on Friday. Yeah. I, th- I think it'll be. Here's the thing. The language in it sounds like it, they have a case for it because it would cause harm if Jim Harbaugh were to continue to stay off the sidelines, like irreparable harm. Like if they lose a game, it's over for them. Right. It's millions of dollars, et cetera. It's, it's over for them. So that 888 ESPN. 888-729-3776. Nation. Dr. Pepper call in line. Does Harbaugh coach – another game this season for Michigan, or do you think he could potentially be out? Maybe does he coach this week? Uh, it, there's an argument, as you guys are saying, that he could potentially coach this week. We are on Sportsmanlike, brought to you by Beacon, the Beacon Pro Plus app helps roof, roofers, excuse me, get things done from anywhere. Beacon always building. We'll get your phone calls in on Harbaugh, C.J. Stroud MVP, the Browns Super Bowl contenders. Plus, would you rather work for $76 million or get fired for $76 million? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yeah, it's all about the Benjamins when it comes to Jimbo. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You heard there the voice of Ross Bjork, the Texas A&M athletic director. They make the decision yesterday to fire Jimbo Fisher, 45-25 and 25 in his six or so seasons there at A&M. I was living in Florida when he was at FSU. He never embraced FSU, even though he won a championship with Jameis there. He was always looking for that next job. He gets the next job. Now he's got a $76 million buyout to walk away from that next job. How much money he is? About $76 million. About. You know, I, okay, here we go. I'm, about. Everybody's saying, wow, Jimbo Fisher has the best job. I don't think he does. I'd rather work for the $76 million than get fired for the $76 million. I don't want to be fired. I want to work and earn money. I don't want to be fired. No, you, I, you earned the money. You get the money. He didn't earn it. Well, yes, he earned it by signing a contract. That's the way he earned it. But everybody's like, oh, wow, he has the best job. I don't get why people are so quick to sign up to, to be fired and to, be, to not be working and not be as relevant. I don't understand that. He's getting $76 million to he, do nothing. But Pat, he gets $76 million no matter what. Yeah. Winning a championship plus seventy six million sounds a lot better. I would I like don't know. To, sitting I, on your couch and getting instead of your seventy six million sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I'm with Pat on that one. Listen, I would like to win, but if I don't win, my fallback is seventy six million dollars. Cool, I'll take that. Like, I, listen, I've had money, and I know what it's like not to have money. <laughs> I, I prefer the former and not the latter. And Jimbo Fisher, he ain't never got to worry about money again. And that just goes to show you the power of. I guess Jimmy Sexton, the negotiating power that he had when he left Florida State after a national title, because I think he's one of five active coaches that has a national title. But the the lack of success is the one that you got to raise an eyebrow to at A&M because he came there with a lot of expectations, and there have been a lot of hyped recruiting classes. Based on the ESPN's top 300 recruits, the programs that have gotten the most top 300 recruits over the last, what, four years since 2019 – have been Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then Texas A&M. Which one stands out? A&M, because they're the, only, they're the only one that hasn't played in a national title game. Yeah. They're the only one. And so I guess that's the whole point. It's not as if you're not getting the talent. You got the talent. Why can't you win the football games consistently? 
that's the part that you, you have to say it might not have been a bad decision that the Board of Regents made a couple of weeks ago when they got together to fire Jimbo Fisher now. Yeah, I, I think it's it's crazy. We overrate the recruiting class, right? Just because you have number one recruiting class doesn't mean you're actually going to win with it. Jimbo Fisher is the perfect example. It doesn't mean you're going to win with it. Well, and he well, was talking you can't, you can't to say, You can't say it's overrated, though, because those have been the best programs in college football. Yeah, but I mean, it, well. Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. But Texas A&M well, hasn't been. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, you're saying the recruiting class is overrated, yet the top three recruiting classes, the top three schools in terms of recruiting classes since 2019 have all played for national championships. Yeah, I get it. I, I just look at historically in college football, a lot of times the, the programs that can keep guys there are the ones that actually win. The programs that get to the senior year with some of these players are actually the ones that win. I mean, we saw it with Miami in the 80s forever. If you look at, and I know it's a long time ago, but Miami in the 80s did not have the top recruiting classes. They found guys and developed guys. Ray Lewis, Warren Sapp, these were not big-time recruits. They made them into things, and I don't trust a guy like Jimbo Fisher to make guys into things. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Ryan Day now, to some extent, a lot different. I don't know where Michigan is in terms of the recruiting class, but I I trust, I know, obviously, weird circumstances. I trust Harbaugh to develop guys way more than I trust Jimbo Fisher, that's for sure. I'd rather Harbaugh with three-star than Jimbo Fisher with four- and five-star. Well, that's what Texas A&M decided. When, yeah. they decided <laughs> yeah. when they decided to pay him a boatload of money to not coach anymore. And I actually think you're insane, Evan. <laughs> that you would rather yeah. have a full-time job that's as demanding yeah. as a head coach in college football that takes every ounce of you and you don't have the success rather than take the money and hang out with your family, travel. You could vacation, try to make the world a better place. Why wouldn't you rather just take the money and chill? But Because everybody that says I'd rather have that than than work is working when they're saying that. You never hear somebody that's fired actually say that. Because they're on a beach. Yeah, but they're hanging out. Actually, <laughs> no, but that's I think that I think it's easy for us to say that because we have the greatest job in the world. We're on ESPN radio in the mornings and we're on television. We're saying, okay, if you want to give me my full contract to walk away, go for it. I don't want that. I want to be here every day. Like I, I think you guys want to be here every day. I think Jimbo would rather be there every day than be $76 million in with his family. And it has nothing to do with the family. It has to do with want, that, that love for what you do. 888-SAY-ESPN. $76 million to work or to get fired. Plus your calls now on the NFL. Brown, C.J. Stroud, Leotis in Texas watching on ESPN2. What's up, Leotis? Hey, how y'all doing? What's going on? Oh, no much. I mean, I, I I was listening on the Browns, but for that $76 million, I don't know, man. I, I'd rather be at home. I love what I do, but $76 million to be at the career with the family, I like that. But with um, C.J. Shroud, I'm thinking that he, this could be the first, I don't know if it's happened before, that we could have a, all, what, a rookie of the year and possibly MVP. And I think the Browns, they are uh, true contenders. You knocked off a Raven team that was, you know, until yesterday was probably one of the top teams in the AFC. So that's kind of my take right now. Yeah, and, and Jim, thanks for the call. Jim Brown, quick research, is the only rookie to ever win MVP, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but, uh, yeah, if you're compared to him on the field, uh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Walt in Ohio watching on ESPN2. What's up, Walt? Uh, yeah, I wanted to make, uh, and I love the show. You guys are great. Thank you. Uh, this is, I got two observations about the Cleveland Browns. And, Chris, the first part of this is to you. Do you think that a gritty, tough, bloody win like this can propel a team on to bigger and better things in the playoff. Yes. And number two of my observation is the Browns got one problem, Kevin Stefanski. 
because he lost that Pittsburgh game. He gave that Seattle game away. And that's my observation about them. I'm kind of upset at him, but he kind of vindicated himself a little bit yesterday. Well, thanks for the call. Go ahead. The answer to the first question is yes, a win like this can propel a team to competing for a championship. The answer to the second question is no, you don't have a head coach problem. And that loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, that wasn't on Stefanski. That was on Deshaun Watson. I mean, multiple turnovers. The guy had three giveaways in that game and two unsportsmanlike penalties that that cost him uh, opportunities to put together scoring drives. That wasn't on the head coach. That was on the quarterback. But the quarterback is no longer the problem. Coming up, are the Niners back? And more of your calls at 888-SAY-ESPN. It's Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.